Welcome, everyone, to Talking It Out with Mike and Brian. Mike, how you feeling, brother? Homie, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. We just had the episode of the year. I mean, every single episode is going to be the They're episode all fire. of the year. They're all fire. Like, well, we had a homie. We had season 25's Bachelor, Matt James, in the house today. Oh, man. It was such a great conversation with Matt. We talked about so many things. We talked, Matt, before The Bachelor. We talked about what his normal day looked like, what his dating life was like. We even talked about living with Tyler Cameron and sleeping in bunk beds. We also got serious and talked about race, growing up biracial, the pressure Matt felt of being the first black bachelor, and who he leaned on to have hard conversations during filming. So, Brian, are you ready for this? I'm ready, man. Let's do this. Let's do it, homie. All right. Let's give the people what they want. Join us in Talking It Out with Matt James. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We got the one and only Matt James in the building today. Yeah. <laughs> What's good, y'all? Thank you for having me. Thank you, you for doing, being man. here. Thanks for coming on. How, how's that beer treating you, bro? Like, how, what's up? What's up? What's up with the beer gang? Like, what's going like, on right now? You could you could relate to this. When you have to shave a lot, your skin gets kind of irritated. You know what I mean? So now that I, I don't have to shave every other day, I'm just kind of letting my skin heal. You know what I mean? Completely, bro. That you just brought up one of the questions. Like, before we get into it, the biggest question that I have for you, real talk. Like, when I was auditioning and being questioned about being the bachelor, I was like, look. How often will I get a haircut? So how often do they give you a haircut, bro? Mike, I was, and, and Brian, you could attest to this too because you you, you keep you keep your yourself yeah, well. I got, I got to man. I um, I it wasn't a deal breaker, but I was just like, listen, um, like I will look unkempt after a week yeah. of not yeah. getting like a lineup or getting yeah. some <laughs> stuff like a taper or something. So like, it would be greatly appreciated. It it would be greatly appreciated if we had someone who cut. Uh, black people's hair, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a barber, a barber on deck, a barber. barber on deck, and and they did. They had a barber there, and uh, he stayed on property and quarantined, and it was, good, good, it was a blessing. I, that was like my number one question that I was like, "Yo, y'all have me nappy headed on the show. I, if I'm the lead, you know, I gotta <laughs> gotta be fresh." So I'm glad they, I'm glad you were fresh throughout, bro. I'm glad oh, you're fresh. Oh man, now yeah, they Matt, take care of me. now Matt, man, we know you've been doing a ton of press, and you must be completely exhausted from answering the same damn questions over and over again. So today we want you to just kick back and just have a real fun and honest conversation with your boys. So first things first, we want to know a little bit about Matt pre-bachelor, pre-spotlight, pre-all the craziness. So let's get to know you a little bit better. Now, you're a complex man. You're not only the bachelor, but you're an athlete, you're a Christian, you're a black man, you're a son, your brother, your friend. What do you want people to know about you? Not as just The Bachelor, but as Matt James, the man. I want people to be comfortable with me. Uh, a lot of, and Mike could maybe attest to this, a lot of my time spent growing up was uh, having to disarm who I was based off of my stature, just being a big black guy. And I want people to, to see someone like myself and embrace them uh, and look past uh, something that might be off-putting to them initially 
uh, hopefully through my experience, they start to see that like, oh, just because you look this type of way doesn't mean that you can't be X, Y, Z. And hopefully throughout the course of the show, people start to become more comfortable with someone like me being in their living room every Monday. Facts. I'm glad you said that, real talk. Like, I didn't know where you was going to take it. And that's the beauty of, you know, podcasting and having someone speak because I didn't know where we was going to take the question. But I'm glad you said that because so oftentimes uh, people are scared of what they don't know. Right? right. And you are in a position legit, despite how many people may feel you're in a position to make them feel more comfortable. Right. Make people that haven't seen people that look like you or myself feel more comfortable. So I appreciate you saying that. Right. Well, like, keep it on like the man that you are not just the title that you are, right? Like, take us through a day in the life of who you are prior to the craziness, like your routines, your hobbies, the cookies that you eat, you know, the work-life balance. <laughs> oh my gosh, so I'll take it back to before Tyler, my roommate, Tyler Cameron was on uh, Hannah Brown's season of The Bachelorette. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> so we actually, uh, we went to college together and um, he played quarterback, I played receiver. So we spent a decent amount of time together on the bench because neither one of us played a lot. But um, we formed a, a great relationship. And uh, when he moved to New York, he uh, he came to live with me in my, I, I can't, uh, it's, it probably is six by 10. Like that's how big my room was. Six, six feet wide by 10 feet long. We had bunk beds in there. We had a massive bean bag like, we had the craziest setup, like two grown men, like Tyler's like six, four, I'm six, five, just burling around this like shoe box. And we made it work. Like, like be up super early. I'd city bike down to work. So I lived in New York. So I'd, I'd take the West side highway all the way down to work. I'd hit the gym before work. Um, I worked in commercial real estate. So I'm constantly on my feet, like canvassing, trying to get business for my broker. And then at the end of the day, um, we would we would wait out as long as we could going back home because like our, our apartment was so weak that we would just like find places to hang out until it's like all right guys you got to go home it's like 11 30 it's like all right tyler let's go home um but just constantly on the go trying to surround ourselves with people because i'm, I'm a people person and um, there's so much to do in new york i didn't i felt like I, I was missing out on life before i moved there so i'm trying to soak everything up Bro, you love that beanbag, cause like when I came to visit you before, you know, last year, you would sleep on a beanbag, yo. <laughs> Bro, people hate on my beanbag. I would make me throw it away. <laughs> you love that joint. You're like, Mike, sleep in the bed. I'm sleeping on a beanbag. <laughs> oh man, I love it. it yo, was, so Matt, a lot of people are curious out there. What did your dating life look like before becoming the Bachelor, and how did you approach dating? Were you are you more of an old school dating guy where, you know, you, you get the number, then you call, which is, is rare nowadays. Or right. did you like getting set up by a friend or were you more into the technology and the dating apps? Like take us back and how you were back then. Right. So, uh, to be honest with you, I did not go on a lot of dates in New York because I was broke. Like you can't, you can't take somebody out if you don't have any money. And like, That's real. That's real. and so, so just by default of not having any bread, like I was never, I wasn't really going on a lot of dates uh, or I, I'd have to get super creative. I'm like, like how, how's it, how you think of, like, you want to go on a walk or like we can go to the park, like do some, which actually turned into like not bad. Hey, that's romantic, right? that's romantic. Yeah, that's not bad, right? Yeah. Going like get a, a creative bike. juice is flowing. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that's romantic, yo, straight up. You like, get super creative. Park. You get yeah. super creative when you don't have, when you don't have money. Um, but I, I wasn't on any of the dating apps. Like I, I, I just, I, I needed to, like, 
I would, it would be like a friend of a friend. I'd be like, Hey, like one of my best friends, Grace. I'm like, Hey, Grace, like, like, are any of your friends single? Like I would, it would have to be something like that. Cause I'm not a big drinker. So I don't go to the bars. So I'm not going to meet somebody at a bar. And like, I'm not, I don't have like crazy games. So I'm not going to pull somebody at the bar. Like, <laughs> that's not me. Like I need, I'm like, I, I need to go to like, like one-on-one time with somebody like, super old school like i i haven't been on any of the dating apps since like college to be honest with you let's be honest bro you 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 remind me of what my college buddies call a face guy even if you didn't have that much game you walk in somewhere a girl sees you they're probably going to be attracted to you you're a face guy come on (laughs) hey it uh you know it helps when um when um uh, being in New York city. I mean, there's so yeah, many yeah. different people and like yes. you can, there's a million different things to do. So you get creative and you surround yourself with people who have similar interests with you. And, and it's, it's not hard to meet somebody, but I was super busy and focused on like my career stuff and what I was doing with, with the charity work. So uh, dating really wasn't the top of my priority. And, and again, primarily because I was broke. Yeah, that's real. That's real. Yo, I got to send you, I, I appreciate you right now for being 100. So I'm yeah, going to ask you a question because you are the lead of the show. So therefore, in any format, people take more respect to what the lead says, right? Right. So let me ask you this. You said you and Tyler, y'all became, y'all learned a lot because y'all was on a bench at Wake Forest, right? Right. When you see people on the show and, and it's, it has our bios or oh, whatever. Oh, you taking it there, Mike. You're I got to ask. I mean, he'd be on money. It's uh, not, it's, Matt, it ain't nothing against you, right? Uh, but like when you see, Brian, what I'm about to say, when you see people, it says like NFL player, NBA player, this or that, but they technically weren't. How do you feel about that? Is that fair so, to the people that actually were in the NFL? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Any amount of time that someone spent playing professional sports, I have respect for because I wasn't very good and I got tryouts and I saw people who actually were good. So like, if, if you got that tryout, then like respect to you, like congratulations, I'm never going to take it away from anybody. Cause I know how hard it is. So like, if you spent any amount of time with a pro Jersey on, then put that joint on your resume. So we both got a homie that play for the giants right now, right? Yep. <laughs> what would he say? We ain't gonna call he him would have he name. would have something different to say. Exactly, <laughs> he would have something different to say. It depends who you ask. You're asking me, someone who has who was never nice. I'd be like, man, I was, you know, I made it. But someone who was like a contributor on a team, they would have something to say, and they feel some type of way about. It. All right, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Because I'd be watching. I'm like, yo, I wasn't good enough to be in the NFL. You feel me? Right. I play football. That's like my sport, right? I'm from Texas. Football is just what we do in Texas, right? Right. And I'd be seeing. I'm like, yo. They technically weren't in the NFL, but I feel you though. Our, our yeah, mutual pra- friend will have squads, something different Practice to say. squads don't count. Practice squads. Hey, don't see, count. see, Brian, if I was on practice squad, everyone would know about it. I'm about eight million. I'm on practice squad. But so. you would make it clear. You wouldn't. Hey, baby, you, you know wouldn't make it you know seem like, oh yeah, I'm NFL roster. It's like, uh, well, let me I let think, me be clear on this one. Right, you have to be because if, yeah. if you're if you if you lie about it, then it's just like you're a clown. But if you're, I can respect about it, that. You know, See, what I, I can respect yeah, that's that. real. That's real. Yeah, that's real. So Matt, like back to the like the relationships and love and you being broke, but part of going to show. Like, tell the people what is Mr. James' type. That's easy, man. A, a down to earth, genuine person, and that is ambiguous of what you look like because I've dated beautiful women. I've dated well. I would, I would say I've dated people who I thought were beautiful. And then I've dated people who other people would be like, you're dating her. And 
the people who they were kind of skeptical about were the best relationships I had because they were caring, they were compassionate, we, we respected each other. What I'm looking for is someone who I could spend my life with. And the qualities that I'm looking for have so little to do with what you look like and so much more about where your heart is and what type of person you are. So let me ask you this, just expanding a little bit on that. Do you feel like The Bachelor, now you said you dated, you've dated a lot of women. Did you, going on The Bachelor expand your taste That's in right. women? Now let me explain what I mean. Did you maybe only date a certain type of girl? Or was it like all of a sudden you're thrust on the show and a wider variety just hits you right in the face? And so, you're like, yeah, that's a great question. And let me let me set the record straight here that I for people for some reason think I don't like black women. Like the last the last women I've dated have all been black women and people speak on it. You know, like I don't I don't understand why like that's so hard for people to, to understand. You know, it's like people should want you to be happy regardless of if they're white, they're black, they're Asian, whatever. And I've dated all across the board. And that's why I was happy when I saw the women that I saw when I got there, because my dating life looks like what we saw on night one, mm. uh, Spanish women, white women, uh, Asian women, black women, everything that I've ever dated and what I'm into isn't race specific. And when you're looking for things that aren't race specific, you have to have a broad cast of characters to fill all those things. And thank goodness they had it because it allowed me to enjoy the process the way that I did. I like that because to me, homie, it's it's been the same. I don't know if we spoke about that sometime in New York, but it's truly been the same, yo. Uh, but Matt, before becoming a bachelor, like, and currently while you are serving as the bachelor on the uh, first episode, you had said, and I quote, uh, anytime it's got close, I've taken a step back, end quote. You were referencing love, like, so, Homie, let me just ask you, for our listeners going through that, I want you to, a part of talking it out is for us to learn to listen, to give advice and to take advice, but then we want our listening family to get advice as well. Right. So for you saying, anytime it's got close, I've taken a step back, referencing love. So again, for our listeners that are going through that with someone, what advice do you have for them? Ooh, bro, that's a good question because I, the advice that I'm going to give, I didn't apply until I got on the show. You know what I mean? Like, and I didn't have a choice but to apply what I'm about to say because you're in this position where these women are expecting, everyone came here for the same reason. They came here to get engaged. They came here to find love. So to get to that point, I had to push myself through things that I was, that were, that held me back in the past. And one of those things was the fear of ending up like my dad. And my dad you know, was unfaithful to my mom. Uh, wasn't ready to be in a serious relationship. And I, I've seen what that's done to our family, to my brother, to my mom, and like some of the baggage that I carry around. And so when I think, and, and that's where my mind takes me when I'm considering dating somebody, because the only reason I'm going to be pursuing you is because I want to spend the rest of my life with you. At this point, my life is not what I want. Like, I'm not going to date you to waste your time. So yeah. when I'm pursuing somebody, that's where my mind goes. I'm like, I'm thinking about my dad, I'm thinking about my mom, I'm thinking about what that broken marriage looks like. And I'm like, am I ready? Am I actually ready? Like, am I actually ready to do that with this person? And if I'm not, then I take a step back. But what I saw through that process was, you're never, I'm never gonna be ready. Like you're not, like nothing's ever gonna be like the perfect situation in terms of like, I have this amount of money in the bank. Like I know this, I know that. It's like, I'm not my dad. Like I'm not my parents, like I'm my own person. So like, 
that empowered me to go along with that process like the way I did. Thanks. I like that. What about you, Mike? Bro, my parents, they never even got married. I just was, I ain't gonna say uh, um, that word, but I was, for me, I was a child that my parents were never married and I don't know if I was even supposed to be here, quite honestly, I'll say it like that. That's a better way to say it. But but for you, Matt, I want to take it a little bit further on that because uh, I love what you said. You was 100 with what you said. You said prior to even becoming a bachelor, you wasn't ready for it, right? Right. Uh, so like when I was being auditioned for the bachelor, I felt almost like I had to give the reason of why right. I was ready for love and like ready for commitment. So let me ask you, do you feel like when you became bachelor that you were ready to be vulnerable? Because you said kind of like prior to, you was like... You know, but then you became the bachelor. Do you feel like you're ready to be vulnerable at that point? Right. So, Mike, you say it like I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. And then you get there yeah. and they're asking you these questions. And it's like, OK, are you going to bullshit these people or are you going to be real with them? And I'm like, you know what? Like, why am I why have I come all this way to not be 100 percent authentic and be myself? Like, I didn't come here. I didn't I'm not going to waste all these women's time giving them fluff answers. Like, I'm going to keep it 100 with them. And that's what I try to do throughout the, my my season and it's liberating when you're that honest because you don't have anything to hide because when you're hiding stuff you're like trying to like walk on eggshells to say this and say that but when you're yourself and you don't and you have power in what you're saying and you take that authority over your words then it just it makes everything easy because your words your word it's not like you don't ever have to backpedal so like to answer your that's a long-winded answer but to answer your question about being vulnerable i had no choice like I, i said i was ready i got there i was not ready and then when the women are talking to me and opening up about their experiences, I'm matching them because I'm not going to have them talk, speak on things and put them in positions where they're going to be asked to do things that I don't feel comfortable doing. Like I've got to meet them where they're at. You know what I mean? Facts. Facts. I like that. And uh, Brian, what you were saying, like, how was it for you? I mean, like, how, how was it for you when you went on? You went on, you're older than, uh, I'm older than Matt, but then you're older than both of us. Like, how was it for you? The OG in the group. Yeah, man, I'm older than you guys. So for me, for me, I was ready for it all, man. I had been dating for about, what, 20 years at this point. I mean, I went on the show at 37. So I had had my fun. I was in long relationships. I was in short term relationships. I had been in love, fallen out of love, you know, had my heart broken, broken heart. So I had felt all those emotions and every single thing that I went through in those relationships. Yeah. pretty much matured me and prepared me for that moment. Like I'm, I'm a big believer in timing is everything. Um, you know, I had just experienced so much that I was ready. I went on the show comfortable in my own skin and pretty much just ready to pour my heart out with no reservations whatsoever and no fear. And, you know, pretty much just to see if Rachel was the one for me, but I was, I was ready to get my heart broken. Like I went on with no fear and it's like, okay, listen, if she, doesn't choose me in the end, then it just wasn't meant to be. Like that was my mentality going in. Yeah. What about you? I, for Brian, me, I love that. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, um, I was just gonna say I, I I love that because you have to. Like if you don't take that approach, then you're wasting your time and you're wasting, in your case, Rachel's time, yeah. in Mike's yeah. case, Hannah's time. Like you have to be ready because I'm assuming that everyone else there is ready. And like you don't go through everything you went through to get to that point and be hopefully you don't go through all that stuff to be an uh, inauthentic version of yourself and not give it everything and put everything out on the table because then you're going to live with regret. And that's one thing that I, I will not live with. I'm going to pursue everything 
it's and and even if it takes me down the wrong path and i could say like man i went down that path it's not like i wonder what that path would have been yeah no like you could you could sleep good at night knowing that you did everything you needed to do to find out if that person was the one for you and i mean i I, that's the only way to go in my opinion for me it was a I, I'm more like, I lean towards you, Brian, as well, because like I had been in love before, I had my heart broken, uh, never wanted to do that again. You know, I, I think at the age, it was, I was deployed overseas, serving the country, and I had talked to God. I was 24 years old, and I was like, yo, that's, that's me and God, we homies, right? So I was like, yo, I heard him talk, and I was like, yo, I want the hard way up. I want the hard road up. And to me, that was my way of telling God, like, I want to be in a serious relationship. I want love. And that was at 24, 25, I met that person. And, you know, we loved, we moved together across the world, lived together. You know, I have those experiences as well. I remember uh, when I was auditioning, one of the ladies had said, you're more than ready for it. Uh, so for me, Brian, that's that's how it was in my shoes. Like, they felt that I was more than ready for it, you know, uh, in my position, had the career and all that stuff right there. Uh, but yeah, that's how it was for me. All right, Matt, so you weren't on The Bachelorette. You weren't on the other side with a bunch of guys dating one woman. So do you think that this helped you or hindered you? Um, I can only assume that it helped me because I've never like I don't know what that experience is like. And I stand by everything that I did on my season and, and the way that I interacted with the women that <clears throat> were, were a part of that. And I don't know any other way. You know, it's like I. I'm I'm almost glad that I didn't because I don't I didn't want to be jaded. I didn't want to like know how you're supposed to act when this happens. It's like I'm experiencing this for the first time. You were like a sponge. Brian, Brian, that first rose ceremony, bro, I couldn't speak. Like I was so nervous. I this couldn't get words out. That's we how we saw you be nervous. Like we saw bro. I thought that was so endearing, bro. I think that's why America fell in love with you, man. Brian, I couldn't speak. Like I'm trying to say words. Like, like I, I like the women. They were like, they were like they were trying to like. I'm like I'm saying like, there was one point where I said a name, and I said it so I whispered it so quietly that like two women thought it was their name, so they both came up, and now I'm just like a dick because I'm like. Yeah, it was the young lady in the red dresses, I think. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, and yes. It just so happened to be the two in the same dress. Was that? <laughs> yeah, was exactly. That oh my god. Exactly. Oh Bro. god. Yo, so. she. Uh, one of those girls. I had put a story up, and I believe I called her Hannah, and her name is Anna. Yeah. She DM'd me talking about my name is Anna. I was like, I'm sorry, my oh, bad. Get it right, right. Bad, get it right Mike. I was like, my bad, my bad. I swear, it sounded like Matt said Hannah. I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> so, so since Matt really didn't get to experience that other side mike let's let's share with him what it was like for us yeah bro for me so as a as a like we want to this is a male podcast right we're talking about the male psyche right right and so and we all play sports uh matt you played at a collegiate level right uh it's pretty high level there's a, a level of like you you looking at your competition right right you look at your competition for me my personality everyone that knows me personally I feel like I'm a I'm a I'm a phenomenal man, right? I'm a beautiful right. man, not beautiful in looks, but beautiful in spirit, right? Right. And so, I remember looking at Tyler. I was like, all right, the boy's body is yeah, nice body. <laughs> Matt, what did I tell you? What was a I gave you two pieces of advice. One of those pieces of advice was what? Mike, swear to God, when you told me that, Mike, I gained 15 pounds. Real? It's real, yeah. Mike said, 
Mike said I had a skinny neck and I need to I need to start working out more. <laughs> I was like looking at myself. I'm like, dang, I thought I was in good shape. I promise you, Mike. After you left my apartment, my workout routine changed and I gained 15 pounds. There we go. I love it. Man, I, love I need it. to go to the gym after this interview, man, because <laughs> I'm, I'm slacking on both y'all. Look, I, what Matt? What kind of homie would I be if you are the lead of the show and you not you not represent? You feel right, me? Right, you're you right. Right. No, you, you, bro. That advice. I promise you, Mike, I'm not capping right now. When you told me that, I started lifting heavy because I was only doing body weight stuff. And yeah, Brian, yeah. Mike's like, uh, he's like, Matt, like, like a friend of friend, like you need to, like you need to get right. Like he was just like looking at me, just like, and he wasn't even trying to turn up on me. He's just like, you need to, you need to put some weight on, like start lifting some weights. I'm like say less, I'm on it, I'm on it. <laughs> and then here um, I am with, a, I'm looking like, I need to get on it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine the motivation that you had. Like once you knew you were the bachelor, like I gotta, I gotta yeah. tear the gym up. Like I'm gonna be there two a days. Like yeah. you went, you went through it all. Yeah. You have to, cause you know yeah. you're gonna be in that that spotlight and like, and you, you've got bad thirty shower like scenes later. Yeah, I mean, you gotta be ready. You gotta be ready, bro, bro. I gotta know how many times did you shower on camera, homie? <laughs> Mike, I promise you, I not as much as you would think. I got creative with it because like, I'm like, we can do some running with the shirt off or we can do some skateboarding with the shirt off. Cause like, like I felt like the shower could get a little uh, like repetitive. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, we could, we could, we could mix it up. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't do too many, but I did enough. There'll, there'll be a plenty, plenty showers. <laughs> plenty of thirst traps. I <laughs> <laughs> Brian, how was it for you on the show? Oh man. I mean, you've seen how it is, man. 30 plus dudes from all across America pretty much coming together to to fight for the affection of one woman. It's like testosterone is oozing off your television sets. Every guy yeah. is like you said, sizing each other up and it just gets really competitive. I think you just have to be really mentally strong and focused Bro, on the lead because everything. you get easily distracted. You can let yourself get derailed by dudes that are hating on you just because they're insecure with themselves and their relationship right. with the lead. And even with all the drama for me, it was obviously totally worth it at the end. I mean, it's a lot, but luckily, Matt, you didn't have to go through all of that. You pretty you, much you lucky on that <laughs> went to the head That's of the line, bro. I remember I was trying to get Hannah's attention night one and they was like, you know, they they try to allow everyone to have a, some time, right? I'll right, say exactly. it. I try to say it, I'll say it like that, right? right? And I was like, "Yo, I want time with Hannah, right? But I don't want to be disrespectful to none of the homies." And I knew she was cold because you know Matt, as you know, and Brian, as you know, it, it, it's late at night sometimes, so you're pretty cold, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, "How do I be Mike Johnson, be genuine, but get attention?" So I remember. I asked Hannah, I was like, yo, are you cold? She was like, yeah. I was like, you like coffee? She was like, yeah. And I let her do her thing again, right? And then I made some coffee and I brought it to her while she was talking to somebody else. It wasn't on camera or nothing, but it was just right. like, it was what, what I call G, you know, G stuff, right? We just did it, <laughs> show attention like that, so. So wait, I you like brought her coffee creative. and you interrupted and like you stepped in or you went away? No, I actually waited till she was done talking to that individual, oh, okay. gave her the coffee and then I walked off. I didn't like, I wasn't trying to overstep my bounds, but then also I know like, you know, growing up with our women, I'm, hell, I was cold, so I know she was cold. Right, you know? right. So but that's how Brian, Brian, and Mike. To that point, though, some of my best interactions were like when we weren't filming. It's like, yes, you, you know what I mean. Like you're you're getting that small talk where it's like you're really getting a feel for that person because the cameras aren't around. Like you're always mic'd up, but like it's like more of a low key environment. Like, how are you doing? Like, 
Like that was crazy, right? Just like trying to be personal with personable with them and like see how they react. And that's where I grew a lot of my relationship with women who I didn't get a lot of time with per se, like during a cocktail party or during a, a, a group date, you know? Matt, I think you just dropped a gym. I want all the listeners to know if they ever go on a show in those moments, that's where you get that genuine, like, as a yeah, that as the producers are setting up, you know, and you talking to the lead, that's when you like holla at them. You know what I mean? So I really yeah. appreciate you saying that, man. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, you got to because you, yeah. you get like you said, you don't you don't have enough time. Like like you could you don't know what could happen. Like you could be you, you could be next in line at a cocktail party to talk to somebody, and then Chris Harrison comes in with yeah, like a yeah. water balloon gun, and he's like, all right, like <laughs> cocktail party's changing, like water balloon Fact. gun fight, you know. Facts, so. facts. I want to keep it moving, homie, you know, and stay on track. I know you're a busy man. So, like, on a show, you mentioned that you had never been in love before. We know it. Uh, me, I'm an intimacy coach. So I want to I want to take this a little bit deeper, right? I want to do a little a, a dig deeper on this. Do you think it was a matter of not having had found the right person before? Or was it a bit of more you weren't necessarily emotionally ready for love? Like, I want you to unpack that for us. So I didn't realize I hadn't been in love until I got out there because okay. growing up <clears throat> and being in the relationships I was in, I had exchanged those words with people before, like, I love you, like, I love you, I love you, I love you. And what love means to me now and what it meant back then, like, that was puppy love, that was puppy love, you know what I mean? Like, what love means to me now is sacrifice, respect, everything that goes into a mature relationship. And my relationships in the past when I was sharing that with women was far from mature. So like I hadn't experienced what I was looking for yet. And I knew that because of what I was willing to in that moment sacrifice for a person that I really cared about that I wasn't willing to sacrifice when I was a JIT and I was telling so-and-so that I loved them. Matt, would you say like in some ways that you're born again? I would, I would say that <clears throat> I would say that I finally realized what it meant to love somebody because there's things that I'm willing to do and sacrifice and, and, and the level of respect that we have now isn't what it was when I was in a relationship telling somebody that I love them and that this and that. And that's only because experience, relationship experience, like like going through things with, with people, having your heart broken, like I wouldn't say that's a- It's tough. I wouldn't say it's a prerequisite to love because I don't wish that upon anybody. Brian, Mike, you can both attest to that feeling is the worst feeling in your in your life. Yeah. But having felt that, you won't ever put another woman through that because you know and understand that heartache and anguish. So like right. having experienced that, I I feel like I know what it means to be able to to love somebody. And I hadn't I hadn't done that yet. Well said, my man. Well said. So let's transition into religion. We yep. saw you lead a prayer at the beginning of the first episode. You obviously have strong Christian values. And just recently, we actually saw religion come into play on Tasha's season where she sent Ivan home due to differing religious beliefs. So how do you navigate religion in your relationships? So <clears throat> how I navigate it personally is I let women know that I'm a Christian so that they know that so that they see the foundation of what my decision making is based off of not because it's like i'm a christian so you better be at church on not at 9 a.m or or you better be in your bible it's like 
I want them to see and understand and I want them to understand why I am why I am the way I am and why I make the decisions that I do. And a lot of that is based off of my my religious beliefs. And it's never going to be something that I force upon somebody. But oftentimes when you live your life a certain way, you attract certain people to you because they want to understand why you are the way you are. It's like, you know, why are you happy right now when there's X, Y, Z going on? It's like, yo, let me tell you. It's not like, yo, you're not a, you're not a Christian. Like, man, we're done because I've dated people who I don't have, I don't share the same religious views with. And I have family members who I don't share the same religious views as, and I would die for them. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. never been something that I've held against anybody. It's only for them to understand where my peace comes from and why I make decisions the way that I do. Yeah, let me, I like that. Yeah, that was good. Let me expound upon that. If I can, again, this talking it out, you know, we're going to keep it 100 all day, right? Yeah. Uh, and respect to you, respect to, I have God's son tatted on me. Um, I want to know what is, because I believe that there's levels to it, right? Meek Mill said right. the best. There's levels to it, right? Right. And in all regards, so there's levels to Christianity as well. Um, we have some people who won't do certain things until marriage. We have certain people who say, <clears throat> You know, I'm, a, I'm I'm the daughter of God, but have done multiple things on TV right. and off TV, right. Right? right? So, like, can you? I'm asking, can you be a Christian and still, like, is there a modern day Christian? Like, what would you say to that? I I don't know how to. Really I'm say gonna that. say this, uh, and I I see where you're going with that. Yeah, my I'm trying to be respectful, is, right? But yeah, I, I see you're being very very respectful. My thing is, me telling you that I'm a Christian is telling you that I'm imperfect, like. It's not me telling you that like Born I am, I have everything figured out because I don't. And I constantly fall short of like the man that I'm trying to be. But by the grace of God, like I can have forgiveness and grace in the things that I'm doing wrong because of what I believe. And it's 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 often not perceived. Christians don't do a good job of portraying that message. It's more so like a judgment condemnation thing. It's like you're not a Christian like you did this like. Me being a Christian means that like I know that I'm messing up and like I'm trying to continuously I know that I'm going to fall short and like being in those positions I try the best of my ability to to live out what it means to me to be a Christian what it means to you what it means to me exactly and like I'm going to fall short constantly but when you're trying to live that life you're not going to want to do the things that you did when you weren't a Christian or the things that me personally, I can only speak to my experience. No, I thought you was going to hit us with that Bible verse. Uh, when I, you know, when I became a man, I put down childish things. Yeah. I like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, we go to every Tuesday Bible study, baby. All right, gentlemen, let's transition to Matt, the bachelor. Uh, first of all, we got to know, cause you're living every man's dream right now, bro. You've got all the power. <laughs> you've got the juice. Okay, so what the <laughs> hell is it like dating 30 plus beautiful, intelligent women all at once? Please explain that to America. Bro, it's humbling, Brian. It's it's humbling because each one of these women is so special and has their own story and, 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 and journey that's brought them to this point. They're smart. They're intelligent. They're funny. They have so much depth. And it's just an honor. Like, I feel like not worthy. And I, when I'm in these moments, I'm just like, I didn't think women like this were single. And I'm having all these conversations and I'm just like, dang, like I'm just feeling bad about myself. They're just like, yeah, I overcome this and that. And, I'm, and now I'm doing this. And I'm just like, like, 
I, I just feel like less than like, I don't feel worthy of being in that position because it's just like, it's such an honor to be around the type of women that we have on the season. Absolutely, man. I can see that. We all know that, you know, every bachelor is different, but what do you feel like you bring to the table that makes you unique? Uh, I just try to be authentic, man. I just try to keep it real. Like I'm trying to keep it real with y'all now. I tried to keep it real with the women when I was on the show. Like, because if I'm not myself, then when we leave, they're gonna be like, who is this guy? Like, that's not the guy that I fell in love with. That's not the guy that I met. Like they need to know everything about me. So like for better or for worse, I'm telling them everything I've been through, what I like, what I don't like, like what keeps me up at night. I'm trying to share everything, put everything on the table so that we can make this thing work. Like I'm not trying to be another statistic. I want this thing to, to, to last. And so for, for it to be real for me, it had to be real for them. So I just try to put everything on the table. Absolutely, man. What would you say you want the audience to take away from watching your season? Um, that's a great question. There's a lot of stuff that, that hasn't happened yet that I want to hint at. And, and this is, I'll, I'll give, I'll, I'll say this. I want them to be vulnerable in their everyday life because I've seen what it was for me on the show and how liberating it was, how liberating it was for my family, how liberating it was for my relationship, personal life, spiritual life, everything when I chose and when we choose to be vulnerable and care less about what someone might think about what we're saying, as long as it's not hurtful, then it empowers you to have ownership over those words and just live fearlessly. And that's what I hope people take away from it is just being fearless. I love that. I agree uh, with you more. Un unapologetic, uh, yeah. fearless, unapologetic. I see that uh, definitely. So I think that's beautiful, man. Uh, how, as being the bachelor, right? And now this is where I, I do a little salt bay, right? <laughs> being, being, being the bachelor, being, you know, watching uh, the episodes as they've been coming along, I think her name is, I, I forget the young lady's name. I don't even want to butcher it because I, I don't want nobody DMing me saying, you got my name wrong. Yeah, yeah. I don't say it like that. I tweeted this though. How does it feel having a dildo called MJ? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, they, I'm, I'm going to say this. Cause we're keeping it a hundred. They set the bar high with that MJ. That's that thing's yeah, huge. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't like I don't, I don't want <laughs> Literally. unrealistic expectations. Like, like that was that was. I, I just want you know I'm trying to keep it real. We yeah, got yeah. you know what I mean. That was it was funny though because it's lighthearted. Like it's, yeah, it's lighthearted. Yeah, it's a tense situation. Like for me at least, just because I was so nervous. Like when she pulled that out, I was weak. Like that was so funny to me because. Yeah. She could have done anything and she decided to do that. And like, I was dying laughing, like out. And that's who she is. Like, that's her personality. And that's how she wanted to express that to me. And I respect it because yeah. I wouldn't have done something like that because I'm not that bold. And that she did it. And I respected her for it. I was like, yo, you are, yo, I respect that. Like, come on in. Like, let's, let's, let's like, come on. I, I love, I love her. She's awesome. Hey, as a fan, as like, uh, you know, a viewer watching the show, I ain't gonna front. I felt kind of special to be an MJ. I was like, we got, we got, we got Matt James, we got Michael Jordan, we got Michael Jackson, we got Mike right. Johnson. I was right. like, I'm a part of the MJ crew now. Like, See, I, 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 I felt good. And I didn't realize that it had a nickname until I watched the show back, and I was just dying because like yeah. they called it MJ, and then MJ's like, my name's MJ. So it's just like yeah. this whole thing where it's. But no, that was funny. That was it funny. was dope. It was dope. But like, yo, let's 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 reel it back in. Normally, Brian's the one making me reel in, so I, I love that I can able to do that one time. <laughs> Uh, going, going on a show, as you've mentioned multiple times, puts a tremendous amount of pressure on 
everybody, right? Right. Um, when I wasn't the bachelor, me and my homies kind of joked that uh, it might be a good thing that you're not, right? Because it puts a lot of pressure on the individual that is in lead, right? For you, right. for Claire, for Tasha, everyone, right? You had mentioned to Chris, and I quote, um, thinking I need to be the perfect person, right? I felt that, bro, straight up. I yeah. really truly felt yeah. that. Uh, yeah. You you being equally 50% white and 50% black made me think of Tasha, because you know when you were talking about that to Chris, you said, I mean, thinking of me need to be the perfect person, right? And I was thinking about Tasha because I remember Tasha on a recent interview, uh, I believe she might've been talking to Rachel, I'm not sure, don't quote me on that part. Uh, she has said she doesn't want to be considered only a black bachelorette because it's foregoing her Latina side as well. And I was like, that's 100. That's like real talk. Like that resonated with me uh, and I commended her for it. So like for you, like how how do you take the title of being the first black bachelor? Like is that, do you feel like it may be foregoing half of who you are? What is your thoughts on that? That's a great question, Mike. And and I'll, and I'll say this, and we could talk about this for five hours, but yeah. the concise answer is my mom's white, my dad's black but my lived experience has been as a black man. You know what I mean? Like, I don't walk around with a t-shirt that says like my mom's white or I'm mixed. Like if you didn't know me and you walk by me, you're like, yo, that, that's a big black dude. Like, yo, that, that black dude has a big beard. It's like, that's my experience. So that's, that's who I am. Like, that's what my, that's how I'm seen. And that's how I see myself as a black man. Cause that's what my, my life experience has been. Definitely. So. Yeah. Me, I'm, as a full black man, obviously that's what my life has been as well, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's simply put as that. You know, on a side note, I'm, I'm going to say it. Black is beautiful because, like, the the different varying shades, right? I, I, Wale, yeah. he's one of my favorite rappers. He, calls, he has a song with Chrisette Michelle. I don't know if you heard it with Chrisette Michelle. It's called Shades. That's the name yep. of the song. Uh, yeah. It's just a beautiful song. But uh, I appreciate your response on that right there. Taisha, you know, has a different feeling and it's perfectly fine as well. It's the beauty of individuality, right? So I love both of your guys' response on that. Uh, but on the show, or just in general, you had mentioned that no matter what decision you make, because you are the lead, uh, that you will feel that you're going to disappoint somebody, right? Right. And uh, homie, like, I again felt that, right? Straight up, like, because I was being considered and I had to think of all these different things, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, oh God, you know, what is this case? What is this case, right? Right, uh, right. Like, I remember, you know, Hannah, I was on Hannah's season, she's a friend of yours. And I was like, I literally have thousands of DMs. I got girls saying I got small dick energy, everything. <laughs> like, no, no lie, straight up, no lie, straight up. Thousands of DMs saying, yeah. Um, that I was chasing a white girl, right? Yep, yep. And we all know the Kanye lyric, right? Yep. And when he get on, he gonna leave your ass for a white girl. Yep. Like, I'm curious, homie, like, you being, your mom is a beautiful white woman, right? She's yep. the one who raised you. We all adore the women in our life, right? right. So I'm taking nothing away from that, right? Yep. Uh, and then we have that Kanye lyric as well. So I'm yep. curious to know from you, if you felt similarly, or like, what was just your take on it? And what would you say to your black audience members right now? I would say that I would I would hope that they would want anybody to be happy regardless of who they were with. And yeah. hopefully what they're looking for isn't specific to a race because they're missing out on what this whole what's what's special about our country, which is diversity right. and, and what we're what we fought for. Like we didn't we, we fought for the things that we're able to enjoy now, having integrated schools, like being in in relationships where you're hopefully not going to be chastised about them. But um, I've dated across the board and what I'm looking for is found fortunately for me amongst a bunch of different ethnicities and women 
And I'd hope that they'd want the what, what I'm looking for. And that's to be with someone who makes me happy and makes me a better person. And I make that that person a better person. So that's not something that is is race specific. I love that. Let me ask you this. Answer, this is yeah. a, I heard Denzel Washington speak about this. And you know, that man we all respect and love. He's 100%. profound in my eyes. Um, he was speaking, uh, it was a movie that he did with Julia Roberts. And yep, I already he, know, I already know what you're gonna out, say. He took great. out the kissing scene, right? Yep. You know, I'm gonna keep it 100 with you and show respect to you as well. Uh, he took out the kissing scene with Julia Roberts because he feels, and I feel, and like in my book, thank you for purchasing my book. Like in my book, I legit talk about black women are beautiful. I talk about on IMDb, at 2018, they did a top 50 most beautiful women and not one was black, right? And it really, crazy. It, it, it pissed me off. I ain't gonna yeah, front, right? Wrong. I love white women, I love black women, I love Asian women, I love my ladies, right? right? And so, but Denzel said that in media, black women aren't looked at as the beauty, right? And I personally, am not putting words in your mouth or Brian's mouth, I agree with that. I feel that they don't get enough shine in terms of being the beautiful role, like being the object of beauty, right? What are your thoughts on that? That hasn't been my experience, you know? Like, like I feel bad for the people who have excluded black women from uh, potential suitors. Fortunately for me, that means that there's more for me but that, like, that's, that's, that's sad for them because why would you exclude? Like that, that, that does, I don't even know how to fathom what that means. Like because of what, because of their skin, like that's just, that just hasn't been my experience. Like, cause I grew up with a black dad and a white mom. Like I've never seen like color. Cause I like my dad's family's from Africa. Like my dad's dark as night and my mom's like as white as they come. So like, it's like, I've never seen like, like beauty to me has been across a landscape. It's never been one thing. So like when someone says something like that, it doesn't like it doesn't sit well with me. Like oh, I only date white girls or I only date black girls. Like like I don't even like what does that mean? Like why? Like I don't I I I, I can't even. It's like it's like telling me to, to fathom infinity. Like I, I can't. My mind can't even process something like that because it's it's not something that I've experienced or I could even relate to or begin to understand. No, I totally feel you guys on that because I'm married to a, a beautiful black woman. So, yeah, whoever doesn't see that is is blind. But, um, Matt, I want to take it to the mental aspect of being the bachelor. Now, Mike and, Mike and I talk a lot about on this podcast about the therapeutic experience you get when you go on The Bachelor Bro. and how you're constantly having to open yourself up and talk about your feelings. So we're curious to know, especially because you were never a contestant on the show. Have you been in therapy at all before this experience? And I don't want to take away anything from anybody who's gone to therapy or goes to therapy because I don't know what that's like. But the closest thing to me going to therapy was being on this show because it was I was having conversations every single day about how I felt, how things in my past affected me, what I want going forward. Like I'm, I'm talking about things that I'm generally uncomfortable with having those conversations daily and that for me was liberating because it gave me confidence to speak on things that i was nervous about having an opinion on or i was nervous about sharing with these women and when i shared those things with those women it allowed me to it allowed them to love me for me and see past the things that i had kept and and and, and bolted away in my heart and in my soul that i thought would made me unlovable and made me not uh uh a potential perfect match for somebody. I totally agree with you, man. It's funny. I got like a story when I got off the show, 
we were, I mean, we've all, we all experienced the vulnerability that we show on the show. But when I came back and I was just hanging with my boys, you know, that had nothing to do with the show, I was still in, in, in show mode. So I would be asking them like, how are you feeling? And they were like, yeah, we're good, man. I was like, no, but how are you really feeling? Like, let, let's let's unpack this. And they're like, no. who the hell are you? And what did you do with Brian? Like, who is Brian, this person? That's fact. Brian, that's did you experience fact. that with your boys? Brian, you are funny as hell for that. That is so <laughs> true. Like every like anytime someone asks me about the show, I'm just like, I go into this like like feel, like yo like it was actually and I like I was like spilling my heart to every single person. Like yo. What's wrong with this dude? But <laughs> that was my experience because I felt like I was like, it, it was it was healthy. Like every single day when I was upset about something prior to going on the show, I sit back like this, like, like real passive, just like holding yeah. in. But like when we got like halfway through the show, I'm like, I'm upset because of this. And when you say this, I feel this. And I was like, so you express I, yourself in a totally different manner. The show teaches you how to communicate. Now. 100%. Question, did you have talks with the on-site psychologist when you were on the show? Heck yeah, I talked to everybody. Okay. I talked Talk to, to them. Did it help? How, did, how, did, how was that experience for you? Because I know Mike and I have, you know, a, a, a certain view on that. I mean, that's psychologist for us. Yes, oh, we want to hear your take first. The biggest, the big, and, and nothing against the psychologist, the biggest help for me was the diversity um, the diversity team that they had hired on for this season. And I'm, I'm, I think they were with Tasha as well, but you could just have candid, open, honest conversations with people who understood where you were coming from. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to have, like, Brian, it, I, I feel like it would be hard to you to, it would be hard for you to have a conversation with somebody who hadn't dated or is married to a black woman to understand what that's like. And when you can have a conversation with a person, black or white, who's married to a black woman, you can connect on a different level than you could with someone who's been married to someone from Anchorage, Alaska, who's yeah. not white and who has that experience. You see what I'm saying? Or who's not black and has that experience. Yeah. So like having them as a sounding board was major because if I was feeling some type of way, my man, let me go talk to them real quick because I need someone to hear me out real quick. You know? I love that. I love that, homie. What about right, you, Mike? Uh, in lieu of time, I, I'm going to ask this last question. Then we got to get to our, 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 our last piece. Right, I want to be respectful to the homie, right? So, <clears throat> Matt, as like, again, Bachelor Nation, I listen to them, you listen to them. We've heard what they said. We, we, we hear it on Twitter. We see the, the, the things we're tagged in. Today, some lady DM'd me uh, thinking I was you. <laughs> like, it, was, it was weird, right? <laughs> Straight up, no, no lie. I'm like, you got the wrong MJ. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you're a great individual, but I want to know, like, let's be 100. We ain't never had a black bachelor before. Um, so... But also, I remember when I was auditioning for The Bachelor, I was like, yo, I'm not just black. I'm a veteran, right? I am full black. I'm a financial advisor. I'm a mentor of Big Brothers Big Sisters. Like, so for you, I want to ask you, since we've never had a black bachelor, and then all of a sudden, we get a black bachelor, right? What do you say to Bachelor Nation who uh, some of them feel that because of Black Lives Matter, because of the tension within our country still ongoing, and because our beautiful Bachelor Nation family signed hundreds of thousands of people signed a petition to have a POC. Like, was it like ironic or were you just that good of a guy? Um, I'll say that I, I was just blessed, man. Like I, I knew that it could have been anybody. Like yeah. I, I didn't know who they were going to pull into this position. And when I found out it was me, I thought it was a joke to be honest with you. And um, 
it took a, full, a few conversations for it to sink in that I was going to be stepping into that role. And right away, I found I felt a, a world of responsibility. And I know that I don't speak for all black people. I can only speak for myself. But it would be naive of me to think that my actions and the way that I hold myself, carry myself, what I portray on the show isn't how people are going to view their thoughts on what love looks like for me and how people like myself carry themselves. So I tried to take all those things into, into context when I'm on the show so that I don't ruin the road that Rachel and Tasha had paid for someone like myself to step into this position, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Now, Matt, I want to touch a little bit on how The Bachelor changed the relationships in your life, specifically with your mother. Now, I know we got to know her a little bit already, and she seems to be such a sweet lady. Yes. And the bond between you guys is absolutely undeniable. Now, I know that Mike and I are really close to our mothers, so we all, we all share that common bond. Mama, I love you. <laughs> love you, Mommy. <laughs> uh, did, that, did The Bachelor experience bring you two even closer? Can you touch on that? That's a good question. And this is my, this is my thought on this. Like, what is a mama's boy? Like, like, it, cause if it's someone who loves their mom, then I'm a mama's boy. But like, Speak I'm also, I'm also a it. grown man. Like, like I pay my own bills. I support my family. Like, like I don't, I think people have that, that whole relationship confused because I hope that you would want for your daughter or for your sister, someone who loves and respects their mother, because that's a reflection of how they're going to treat your daughter, or your sister. So like people get caught up in, in, Oh, mama's boy, this mom's boy, that. I hope that my daughter ends up with the mama's wood because that means she's going to be taken care of. Like, (laughs) yeah, I I, I totally agree with you. I see that, you know, women do look at how the interaction with the man and the mom is, you know, but it's like they want to draw a fine line. It's like, okay, I see he's great with his mom, but at the same time, I want him to be independent and not rely on her. But yeah, just because I mean, I, I totally feel you. I think you can be a quote unquote mama's boy, all that means is you love your mom. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, I think that, like you said, you could be totally independent at the same time. Cause we're all, we're all our own men. Like I'm, I'm, 100%. I can say that after having a conversation with you all and, and I'm sure with any important life decision, you would console your mom, but that wouldn't be the person who makes a decision for you. That's, That's not a mama's thing. boy. That's not a mama's boy. The person exactly. that goes to their mom to, for consultation but makes their own decision at the end of the day is not a mama's boy. A mama's exactly. boy is the individual, mommy, should I do this? Should I not do this? Like they, they like, they're not their own individual entity. Like the biggest thing I love for my mom that she's taught me, she wanted me to leave the house. My mom wanted me to, and I'm not, no, I shouldn't even say that. It wasn't no hate against nobody, right? But for me, I swear that was no hate against nobody. For me, my mom told me to leave the house because she wanted me to find my way, right? right? Uh, and then still consult her uh, but that definitely, my mama definitely does, right? No, I put man. on my, I put on the Facebook that we had this podcast. Mama, Mike Cush, don't get mad at me. Like I say stuff like that. <laughs> I told my mom the same thing. I was yeah, like, like, I don't know if you want to listen to this. Yeah, right? like, we're mom, gonna be getting yeah. deep here. Yeah. All right. All right, but homie, like last, last thing, and then we got to get into this last little piece. You know, we'd like a little bit of tea over here, right? So, can you tell us? No, no, I'm not gonna say it. I want to know. Give me a little bit, just one thing. I know you got contracts, so tell me what you can in regards to what we can expect to see this season. Um, you can see me. Having- your shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> in the shower, 30 That's times. <laughs> you can see me having conversations that no one's ever had on the show before. Mm. And I believe it. 
Okay. And, and, and the product of that changed the, the dynamic of my family. And I'll say that. I think Amazing. I know where you're going, but I, I, I won't say it. All right. We got to do this last little piece, Brian. All right, my man. We are going to get into some rapid fire. Ooh, are you ready? Let's get it. <laughs> All right. First question. If you were in the NFL, what team would you want to play for? Oh, man. All right. I would want to play for – I want to play for the Bengals. Oh, Bengals. Right. Okay. Explain, okay. please. Explain. He explain. Hear me out. Hear explain. me out. <laughs> this is strategic because I know that I couldn't – I couldn't be responsible enough to be a Miami Dolphin. I love Miami. I get in trouble. That's, that's, that's South facts. Beach is dangerous. That's, that's, that's facts. I, I couldn't handle being a doll. I couldn't handle being a cowboy. There's just too much going on in Dallas. I'd be getting in trouble. Hey, Mike's hey. a Texas guy. Hey, don't be hating on him. I'm not <laughs> hating on him, but I know that no disrespect to Cincinnati. It's a more low key city. That's I feel true. like I could thrive the best if I was a Bengal because of that environment. Time out. You that. grew up in North Carolina, right? What's up with the Panthers? The Panthers. Too close to home, a little bit too like too close to Raleigh, you know, having people hit you up about stuff. Like Cincinnati, I lived in Pittsburgh for a while. I love that area. The people are so nice. And I I, I wouldn't mind living in Cincinnati. I shout out to Pittsburgh. That. I went like twice in the last month. So shout out to PA. Love sure. Pittsburgh. All right. Number one way to decompress. Number one. Oh, that's easy. Um to pray. Pray. I'm in prayer constantly. Nice. Love it. Working out at a corporate gym, grunge gym, or outside. Man, I'm not bougie, but when it comes to exercise, I need to be in an Equinox. I need to be in a very nice gym. So I feel like like I, I feel like everything around me is just like sanitary and I need Clean, I, I get pristine. my exactly. Exactly. Yo. Need, yeah. That's crazy, man. It's crazy you say that because like I'm just having a flashback. Didn't I think I need to I owe you a thank you. Didn't you give me your Equinox car when yes, I was bro? <laughs> that man, that man what'd you think? I, I love that one. Sure. Bro, it's great. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's, after that experience, it's hard to go back. Equinox, you need to be a sponsor of Talking It Out. So, you know, <laughs> straight up. All right, so next question. Who do you want to see on a 202 basketball competition within Bachelor Nation? Oh, this is easy. This is easy. All right, first of all, Clay Harbor. He's been talking. He, he always has something to say about his basketball skills. Uh, he thinks he can muscle everybody around the court. No, he's been talking big junk, and, and I'm tired of it. Him and Chris uh, Randon versus me and TC. They, they've been talking junk for a year now, and they've been running from us. Quit running. Clay, Chris, you've officially been called out. So running. get ready. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the winner of that gets to play the real big dogs, which is going to be me and Connor, my roommate. <laughs> All right, man. The ladies want to know. Commando, boxers, or briefs? Bro, this is the easiest question you've asked me all day. <laughs> Boxer briefs, bro. First of all, if anybody goes commando, you're crazy because your junk's going to be rubbing up all over the place. Boxers, there's no support. You need that boxer brief to it's keep everything loose, tight. Man. It's not supporting your junk. I understand. We're men, we're men on the go. We need our stuff together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Although sleeping naked does help increase testosterone. I'm going to put that out that there. That is a fact. Does it really? <laughs> yes. Oh, it, yeah. Yeah, truly. Yeah. She's like, he's like, oh, man. I'm going there's no bro, I sleep, bro, I sleep in a hoodie, sweats, and socks. A hoodie? I sleep in a hoodie every night. What? Brian, no. I can confirm he's not lying. <laughs> <laughs> he's not lying. He's not lying at all. All right, so <laughs> I'm 
I'm all, by the way, for the record, Dean put me on game and I am commando all the way down. Y'all uh, are crazy. <laughs> favorite physical feature on a woman? Let's. Bet. Favorite personality trait in a woman? Um, favorite personality? Um, caring. Just like compassion. I love it. Compassion is one of my big things. I told uh, Hannah, compassion was one of my five C's. Uh, <laughs> biggest turn off? Someone who's a liar. Someone who's un someone who's not truthful. Like if you can't, if like if that's not established, if we can't trust each other, I can't be friends with you. I can't do anything because that's everything. Wow. Biggest turn on? Biggest turn on? Someone who, and, and this gets back to the question you asked about dating apps and stuff. The biggest turn on for me is someone who someone who knows that I leave the toilet seat up, someone who knows that I leave the cap of the milk off, someone who knows that I leave my socks all over the house and like still wants to hang around me. So like someone oh God, who you like that, right. that, that's real love right there, man. That's real love. Some, someone who accepts me for who I am. You know what I mean? Like Mike right. accepting Connor for who he is. Like that's the type of love I need. I love you, bro. All right. So what is your biggest pet peeve with your little brother and Tyler? <laughs> um my biggest pet peeve um that's a good question mm. <laughs> i would say like with those two individuals mm, i would say with tyler um hmm. <laughs> sorry this is what it is with tyler like like he's so social that I'm always getting pulled into some plan. He's like, yo, That's like, yo, we got, we got it. We got a dinner. We got to go to We're like, yo, like, we got my little cousin's T-ball. We got to go to. I'm like, bro, like, can we watch some Netflix? Like, <laughs> like no, bro, stay a little go. key tonight, man. Come on now. No. That's like I'll get that text. Like, you know, you're in trouble when it's like three 30 in the afternoon, you get a text from Tyler. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, Nothing. <laughs> You're like looking right, for stuff to make up. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that's that. Oh, it. man. I'm resting right, my bro. eyes. <laughs> All right, brother. Last one. Celebrity crush. That's easy, bro. And I have to give you the context as well. Okay. Okay. Zoe Saldando. Mm. Because love I love Marvel movies and her is Gamora in Guardians of the Galaxy, which is my favorite movie. Like, I resonate with that character, like the way that like her relationship with her dad, her relationship with her family, like her love arc with uh, with Star Lord, like, and and she's just bad. Like she's she's, she's, a, she's a bad. She's a bad. Uh, what was oh, yeah. a movie with her and Ashton Kutcher? Um, I don't remember that one. Um, where where Ashton oh, she brings Ashton about. Kutcher home to her family. Oh, I know what I know you're talking about. I can't I can't pinpoint she, the name though. She's an incredible actor, and I think she's beautiful. That's hands down my celebrity. Guardians of the Galaxy 1 or 2? Guardians of the Galaxy 1 because when Groot gave his life for his squad, I cried. <laughs> I am Groot. Oh, my man's I crying. Oh, man. You guys lost me on that convo. I don't know anything about <laughs> I that. I knew what he was talking about. <laughs> well, Matt, bro, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. We can't wait to see what's to come for you. And for all our listeners out there, The Bachelor airs tonight and every single Monday night, 8, 7 Central on ABC. So make sure to check it out and support our boy. Appreciate y'all. I'm going to be 100. I loved his vulnerability. I love his honesty. And I was asking some tough questions that, you know, the Bachelor Nation family want to hear. And he, re he responded to it. What do you think? Bro, yeah, man. I think it was so much fun. I think he...
he was able to be comfortable with us. I mean, you know, three dudes talking, you know, yeah. about life and whatnot. I think it was so great. We got to speak about like the rumors going around in terms of like being Black Lives Matter, you know, the 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 petition that was signed and yep, then all of yep. a sudden he became in the in the position, everything. Yeah, and I'm, I'm obviously the pressure. I mean, the pressure that he has and that he feels, you know, being the first uh, uh bachelor, the first black bachelor. I mean, it's it's a it's a burden that he he takes with with a lot of pride. So I'm I'm super proud of him. Definitely. So lastly, I would say it was awesome for for us to know because Tasha spoke about being black and Latina. And then we got to speak of Matt about how he feels about being black and white. And so, I mean, this is just what we do here on Talking It Out. We keep it 100. We keep it real. You already know. Don't if you a real one, don't DM me no more. Make sure you subscribe. Subscribe, guys. You all know that we love to hear your opinions, your stories and your insights. So please don't forget to like, comment, follow, message us on social at Talking It Out BN. Baby, that's Talking It Out, B as in Bachelor, N as in Nation, Talking Out BN on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. To all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. And we have to give big thanks to Matt James for taking the time out of his busy schedule as The Bachelor to join us today. Make sure to tune in to ABC every Monday at 8 p.m. to watch Matt James' Journey for Love. Absolutely. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, The Wondery app, or wherever you're listening right now, baby.